unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. It gives me great privilege this evening to share a very wonderful conviction from the letter St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, specifically in the third chapter, this is one of the most powerful, one of the most powerful impressions concerning the mind of God for us. And you'll allow me to read from the Amplified Version because it best um, defines or expresses what I am looking for in language to communicate to you this evening. So we go to Ephesians chapter 3. We'll begin from the 14th verse all through to the 16th verse. Amplified Version says, For this reason, seeing the greatness of his plan by which ye are built together in Christ, seeing the greatness of his plan by which you were built together in Christ, Paul had a vision of the greatness of the plan God had to build you together in Christ because he saw the greatness of this plan. He chose to write these words. He saw what God was up to when he chose you and I in Christ. So he says, because of this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling in your innermost being and personality. What a powerful statement. Finally, God has revealed to Paul the greatness of the plan that God had before. That at the fullness of time, you would be built together in union the Bible says you're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So when Paul saw the greatness of that plan, he felt like he needed to pray for us. And he bows his knees. He talks to the Father from whom all fatherhood derives its name. All families derive their name and all fatherhood derives its name. He asks this Father, 
May he grant you out of the rich treasure of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself, indwelling in your innermost being and personality. Because Paul, by understanding so, that that's all you needed to live God's best. So that was the prayer he had for you. Because he saw that that's all you needed to live God's best. After God revealing to him that you are now one in Christ. After God revealing to him the plan that he has for us to be partakers of the divine nature. To live in this earth as children of God. Victoria seated in Christ far above all principalities and powers. He saw that the greater one was to dwell inside you. That you were of victory. That you were more than conquerors. When Paul saw the greatness of this plan, he prayed and said, God, grant these people out of the rich treasure of your glory that they be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, the one indwelling in their innermost being and personality. Because the only way they can lose it is if the man within is weak. He has given so much for them. But now we need to pray for the man within to be reinforced, to be energized, to be empowered, to be strengthened. That was his prayer. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen. But I love that the emphasis is that this man within would be empowered, would be strengthened, would be reinforced, would be invigorated with mighty power. And what is the word there for mighty power? Dunamis. What is dunamis? Dunamis is inherent power. The power something has within by reason of its nature. Dunamis is the power that performs miracles. Dunamis is the power that holds your moral place. Dunamis is the excellence of the soul. Dunamis is the influence that brings riches and wealth. Dunamis is the power that brings abundance. Dunamis is the power that consists in armies, forces, and hosts. That is dunamis. So he's praying that may your inner man be invigorated. May he be reinforced. May he be strengthened with the power that does miracles. With the power of abundance. With the power that attracts riches. With the power that attracts wealth. With the power that holds your moral ground. With the power that excels your soul. With the power that does miracles, signs, and wonders. Because that's all your inner man needed. To live complete in God's best according to the plan that was revealed to Paul when he saw that God at the mystery of the new birth, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the birth of the church, he intended that you and I would be created together in Christ, with Christ. You carry, think about it for a second, you carry the very DNA of the Christ. Hello? Somebody shout hallelujah. You carry the very DNA of Jesus Christ. 
Bible says we're members of his flesh. We're members of his bones. We're members of his body. We're members of his body. We're members of his flesh. We're members of his bones. Bible says you're the body of Christ. He's the head and you're what? You're the body. So when Paul sees this plan, he says, no, all the Christian needs to live God's best is to be reinforced with dunamis in the inner man by the working of the person of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why the Holy Spirit is inside you. To empower you, to enforce you, to strengthen your inner man such that he gets into that innermost being of you. To change, transform you, align you to that place where God wants you to stand to perform according to God's best or to God's fullness. Who is following what I'm saying? Who is following what I'm saying? So I cannot emphasize enough the importance of strengthening your inner man. Many people understand the wisdom of strengthening the man without. We do exercises. We eat well. We gym. We, all of those things are important for the man of the flesh. But not many of us have understood the secret behind strengthening the inner man by the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit is not just a dormant presence in your life. He has a responsibility of strengthening your man within. Praise the Lord Jesus. And let me tell you something. When a man is strong within, it doesn't matter what's outside. It doesn't matter the circumstances outside. It doesn't matter the situation they're going through. It doesn't matter what's in their body. It doesn't matter what's in their family. It doesn't matter what circumstances are surrounding them. That is why the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 14, that the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. Amplified version says, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. It doesn't matter how strong, it doesn't matter how fit a man is. If the spirit is broken, nobody can raise him up. I have emphasized these times without number. But it's important to emphasize it, re-emphasize it. For those of you who have just joined ministry recently or for those of you who didn't hear me, that everything without begins from the man within. Somebody shout hallelujah. It begins from the deliberate wisdom that you apply to strengthen the inner man with dunamis. Oh yes, you've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Oh yes, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places Christ Jesus. All has been given to you. You've been given the measure of faith. But it has to grow. You have to grow it. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to exercise yourself unto godliness to have God's best in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now, so as far as what it would take to strengthen the inner man, I could teach this for a month. I could teach this for a month. I could teach it for two months because there are many things I have learned over the years in how the inner man is strengthened. Because let me tell you something. You can never go beyond what you've built within yourself. You can never do beyond the ability, the potential, the tenacity of the man within. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why I've preached and emphasized the fortification of the human spirit. 
it's important because if you don't know how to fix things in the spiritual realm, you will never carry the wisdom to manifest the things on the earth. You will never change the physical realm, common sense or general knowledge. For many of you who have been sitting under this ministry for quite some time. But in those things that we do to strengthen the inner man, I want to give you one today. One today. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I say this in a statement once or twice, and I promise to emphasize it one day. Thank God he gives me the grace to say today. That some of us are living a very weak life in as far as life goes because our spirits are unstable. They are turbulent. They are loud. They are noisy. They are turbulent. They are noisy. They are loud. They are not quiet. In my early years of consecration, the Lord taught me something so profound and said to me, you will never hear me as you ought to hear me until you learn to calm your spirit, to silence your spirit, to quiet your spirit, to tranquilize your spirit, to tame it. Do you know that the biggest troubles many people have in the world touch what they have had or not had? Anything you're going through right now has a point of ignorance concerning what God is saying. Once the light goes on and God says something and you can hear that God has said something about that circumstance, that's its end. Because the voice of the Lord fixes everything. Somebody shout amen. The voice of God fixes everything. It doesn't matter how complicated, doesn't matter how hard, doesn't matter how high, doesn't matter how long, doesn't matter how expensive, the voice of God comes every storm. The Bible says that his voice, the mountains leap. What about flu? Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So I started to realize in my earlier years that I made many, 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 many spiritual errors. Not that I've not made some now, but there are fewer because I'm growing. Are you following what I'm saying? The journey of Christianity is a journey that perfects us every day. And God is patient with us. Never forget that. Nobody's born and they're there. No. Step by step. You mess up, he tells you, okay, let's get up here. You don't do that. You come this way, oh God, I'm sorry. Then you move on. You understand? No man, no man should say, oh no, me, I've been... No, no, it's, it's not such things as having walked perfectly all through. We all fall short. All have sinned past and come short, fall short of the glory. We do things sometimes that don't reconcile with where God wants us to be. We do things that disconnect us from where he is or where we ought to be with him. But in my earlier years of ministry, 
there are mistakes that were grave. And I look at them and realize how grave they were. And some I cannot undo because it's late. Some I have undone. Like many of us listening this evening. But I remember that day where God started to communicate to me in all wisdom as he would to learn to quiet and tame my spirit to the tranquility desired for me to hear him in the level that I should hear him. Again, not to hear him, but in the level that I should hear him. There's a difference. All of us hear God, but from where do we hear God? You hear God, but from where do you hear God? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Your profile matters. When God comes to a nation and just singles out one man and says, how can I hide this from my servant? One man. Whole nation is there. Millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people are existed. But he says, how can I hide this from my servant? How? Oh, Shambra de Gasokata. Did somebody get it? How can God plan something? And we are here. And people don't have a clue of what's happening. And then he says, how can I hide this from somebody? And then he mentions your name somewhere. Then he calls you on the side and tells you, you know what? I am planning to do ABC, but I cannot hide this from you. I cannot hide. That means there are people he could hide it from. Are you following what I'm saying? That is why my heart's prayer this evening, even as we continue in this text, that God will help you to hear him as you should. Somebody say amen. And so, the Lord began to speak to me an unquieted spirit, the turbulent spirit, the unstable spirit. What is that? And it's right here in James chapter 1 verses 19. James chapter 1 verses 19. How do you tell an unstable or turbulent spirit? This the Lord spoke to me. I didn't read it in a book. Directly, he was talking. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, listen, one, let every man be swift to hear. Two, slow to speak. Three, slow to wrath. Tell me those are the three things that reveal a turbulent, unstable, loud, noisy spirit. These are the three things he warned me about. He warns all of us about. These in my spirit have been understanding for quite many years. But the language comes as we evolve and progress as we mature. Are you following what I'm saying? Let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak. And slow to rest. So it's those three things. Let's begin with hearing. One time I preached not long ago a sermon called circumcision. And I spoke about the circumcision of the tongue. I spoke about the circumcision of the ears. 
and I helped us understand the difference between circumcised ears and uncircumcised ears. And this is the point that the things you hear open you up to so much. Somebody will say, oh, but what about the things I see? Nothing you see has any potential to have any positive or adverse effect on your life if it has not been pursued with a voice. Did you get it? There is nothing you see if it carries no voice after it, carries any consequence in your life, positive or negative. Let's just say you see yourself falling in a ditch, but you don't hear the voice telling you you're going to fall. It will not have consequence. Because every vision is established by some voice. It's important when you see what you hear. Are you following me, child of God? Mark chapter 4, verses 24, the Bible says, He said unto them, this is Jesus, take heed what you hear. I cannot tell you how many people have been in so stable spaces for so many years until they had something that took them off tangent. Until they read something on the internet and a voice spoke in their ears and said, you're the one. Until somebody sent them a letter and as they read that letter, they had a voice in their ear tell them, this is the end. You're gone. This is it. And in the same world, there are people who receive the same letter, same voice, same communications, but have not hit shipwreck. Same world. Same problem, same challenge, same situation. So he says, take heed what you hear. Now listen to how deep this is. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. Everything that comes back to you is as a result of what you're taking in with your ear. The joy you carry came after a certain voice you allowed in your spirit. The peace you have came because of a certain voice you received in your spirit. The victory you have came because of a consistent voice that has been telling you, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. The victory you see in your life is because you've had a voice constantly telling you, you are more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens you. It probably spoke to you 10 years or 15 years back, but the fruit of that seed that was planted one day by that preacher, even when you were not there fully in your mind, somehow has now borne fruit. With whichever measure you hear, imagine you go on the internet every day and start researching statistics of unemployment and you're looking for a job. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. You're looking for a job and you're looking through the statistics of unemployment. How many people are unemployed in the world? Do you know what that means? The ear here, the devil comes and whispers and says, now, really, not Juma. Not real names. Among all of these things, look at how many people are graduating every year. What makes you think you'll get a job? There you go. You've entered the tablets. 
Yet he says, I need your spirit strong. With might. With power. Not weakness. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he says, and to you that hear shall be more given. You who hear right. For he that has, to him shall be given. And him that hath not understanding, from him shall be taken away even that which he has. There is a right the devil has to take away even that little you have if you've not gotten enough. He has the right to take it. Wow. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Every man should be swift to hear. There's a swiftness. There's a way you should hear. There are things you should hear. There are things I am learning and have learned and continue to learn not to hear. They come and I make sure. I push them out. They come through the left eye. Until they fall out of the right. And I say, Brando goji, bradega sokati. If they come back on the right, I do the same thing. Until they go out. There are things I am learning every day. Not to hear. You can say them, but I won't hear them. You get the difference? That I mean they won't say. They can speak all they want, but I refuse to hear them. Because I don't want to affect the measure at which I receive. And now God to tell me that I receive as far as what I'm able to hear. My God. Who is learning something? Some of you love bad news. You know, there are people who just love bad news. You even love watching, you know, for example, I could give uh, examples with Uganda. I know television stations that are carriers of 90% of bad news. If you want to know whatever bad thing happened, there are some media houses that have invested in showing every bad thing that happens in the country. And some of you, you don't miss. So, eh? Uh-huh. No, we need to know what's going on in the country. I'm not saying it's wrong to know what's going on in the country. But there's a place where you reach in God and the important things will find you. <laughs> the things God knows you need, they will find you. Because I know people who can tell you the news of every day, but they don't know what's new from heaven. Check somebody and tell them, eh? Yeah. <laughs> they know everything bad happening in the world, but they don't know what's happening with heaven. Tell your neighbor, circumcise your ears. If you have been around me for some time, you'll notice this. Those of you who are close friends of mine. Every time somebody starts a conversation of bad news, I switch off. You just see me getting bored, holding my phone, walking around. You understand? The antennas are disconnecting, frequencies are jamming. You understand? Because I hate the things I hate putting in my head. I the things I just hate hearing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Why? I don't want to destabilize my spirit. I don't want to break my course. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14 verses 10. He says there are it may be many voices in the world but there's none without signification. Every voice you hear has a meaning of life or death. Nothing is neutral. He said life and death are in the power of the tongue. He did not say life, death and neutrality. Did you know there's no such thing as a neutral oracle. There is no neutral oracle. Okay, nothing is said and it has no consequence, even if it's a joke. Somebody didn't get it. Nothing is hard and it carries no consequence. That is why even in the joke, if somebody jokes something that doesn't agree with me, right there in my spirit, I say, no, cancelled. If they're old and I respect them, I don't say it when they're hearing me. I tell them, like, it's cancelled. What did you say? Yeah, it's cold. I said it's cold. I want a jacket. <laughs> you know, some of you don't use wisdom. Eh? Your father says you're stupid and you say, I cancel that. Oh my goodness. Bam, bam. <laughs> Are you learning something? Now, if it's your father, you just go away in the corner and say, Father, a causeless curse shall not alight. I cancel that word of my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, somebody. Every voice in the world has a signification. And I've seen people with very stable spirits, made unstable in just seconds because they had things they were not supposed to hear. Sometimes I've also realized, when Paul, the Bible says that I would rather have you wise unto that which is good, that simple concerning evil, wise unto that which is good. Instead of God showing you 100 million ways of how things will end badly, he would rather show you two ways of how things would end good. That's Romans 16, 19. He says, your obedience is come abroad unto all men, and I'm glad therefore on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. I want to know everything that's good, but I want to know little about evil. I want to know little about the negative stories, the negative narratives, the predicaments that are ahead. Why? Because by knowing that little good, you can avert every negative of your future. Stop sitting around bad news. That's what I'm trying to say. Because what you hear matters. Somebody shout hallelujah. So he said, one, let every man be swift to hear. Two, slow to speak what you say. If you read Proverbs chapter 29 verses 11, the English Standard Version. I want it in the English Standard Version. He's trying to tell you how to tame your tongue. Taming your tongue. What you hear, number one. But number two, what you speak. The English Standard Version is what I was looking for. ESV. I'll read for you. It says, A fool gives full vent to his spirit but a wise man quietly holds it back. A fool uttereth his spirit, 
they have no control in what they should say and what they shouldn't say. The English Standard Version says, full vent to his spirit. That's how you know that somebody is an unstable person. Sometimes they don't need to say negative. No. Sometimes they will say things that by wisdom they're not supposed to say. Let me give you an example. There are many people here who can agree with me that you've been in a circumstance where, for example, you had a deal. Somebody gave you a very good contract, a business contract. You got an opportunity. You heard in the corridors that they were going to promote you. You had a rumor that somebody was going to buy for you something. Or somebody called you one Tuesday morning and said, I promised you I'm going to buy you a house and stuff like that. You've been in such circumstances where a great door was opened for you. Or in some instance, even a window. And then it's open. And the next thing you know, you find somebody to vent out in the name of testimony, but without wisdom that some things have their own appointed time to speak. Oh, so-and-so promised me this. Oh, this person promised me this. Oh, this brother promised me this. Oh, the letter is coming tomorrow. Well, so you spoke, right? But you see, I wish I could help some of you understand how the spirit realm works. There are people, there are spirits, you cannot communicate of wombs that have not yet brought forth. There are places by wisdom God has not ordained you to speak of wombs, even though impregnated, that have not brought forth because there's a process between conceptions and bringing forth. There's wisdom there. Some of you don't get it, but there is wisdom there. That is why it's important to understand the wisdom to quiet your spirit, to know when you should speak and when you shouldn't speak. The quietness of the spirit is a very important thing. Have you noticed in Peter when he's speaking to wives? He said, likewise, wives. You might have men who are unbelieving. Let them be won over by your chest conversation, which is coupled with fear. Who's adorning, let it not be in the gold and fine apparel and earrings and all these kinds of things. But let it be, the Bible says, the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great price. Everything that carries a potent womb must know when to speak. Because the place of womb is a place of conception. It's the birth of all things. And I cannot tell you how many people here have had aborted promises, aborted opportunities, aborted graces, aborted provisions. It has stayed in the air. No, 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 we're going to, we're wearing the money. Tomorrow morning, you open your mouth, you go to the person, next person. Oh, you know, can you there? They're wearing the money tomorrow morning. Oh, praise God. And then it stayed up there, became a steel bus. Oh, you miscarried it. Oh, pastor, people promise me things. People promise me things, but nothing comes to pass. Ah, if I sat down with you, I would tell that there are places where 
your spirit went through turbulences and you found yourself expressing, speaking in places where you would, should have kept quiet. Have you noticed this instruction he gives to women is actually a miniature picture of the bigger picture, which is Christ and the church. Because remember, it's Christ and his bride, isn't it? You come in the typification of his wife. The responsibility of the church to its Christ, the meek and quiet spirit. Bible says, in the sight of God is a great price. That means he rewards it highly. God rewards men who know how to quiet their spirit. I'm not talking about personality traits, sanguine, what? No, no, I'm not talking about that. I know people who are quiet physically, but spiritually loud. I know people who can sit with you for three hours and not get one word out of them. Four hours, one week, and they've never said anything, but they're the loudest spirits you could ever meet. So it's not about character traits. It's not about your personality. It's a deeper thing. It's the personality of the spirit, the character of the spirit. Oof. Is somebody learning something? Are you learning something? You must know when to speak. Somebody said, oh, but if Joseph had not spoken, the brothers would not have arrested him and then put him in a ditch and then sold him to the Egyptians and then he would find himself in prison after Potiphar's house and then that was God's journey. No, God has other ways to take a man to Egypt. He doesn't necessarily need to put him through a ditch. And neither does he need to speak his dreams for them to move. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? And their dreams you said nothing about and they came to pass? Come on, answer me. And there are things you dreamt and didn't say anything about and they still came to pass? Yeah. There is no principle, formula, or law given in scripture wherewith God would persist to say that if you don't speak this dream, it will not come to pass. And neither is he limited only to throwing a man in a ditch to take him to Egypt. He can create another circumstance and still take a man up to become governor. Are you following what I'm saying? But you know, some of us don't even know the wisdom of when to speak and how to speak. There are certain things by conception. When you understand how the laws of conception work, there are certain things that might not be spoken or shouldn't be spoken at a particular point in life. There's a reason why when Mary conceived, she didn't go around everywhere telling them, see, I'm pregnant. Anyway, but why are they looking for Jesus early to kill him? There was a time it was wisdom for Mary and Joseph not to expose this boy. It was not yet time for him to be exposed to certain people. And some of you expose your oracles so early because you're indifferent to the timing of the spirit, to everything that is a season. There's a time for everything. But if your spirit cannot hear, how will you align yourself to the timing of every divine purpose? Because every purpose is timed by heaven. And there's a revelation that makes time evolve. 
There's a revelation I could teach you on how time evolves, on how seasons change. There are things, it doesn't matter how much potential and provision you have for, you will not have the grace to execute because you've done in the wrong season. There are things, it doesn't matter, even if they took you to school, listen, and told you about marriage for 17 years. You understand? If you're not ready, if you're not ready, you're not ready. You can't get a 17-year-old girl because she has been sitting in a class of women who are being prepared for, for marriage. You can't say, because she sat in marriage preparation class, therefore she's ready for marriage. She's 17. There are things that go beyond what? That knowledge. The experiences that should come with her maturation. Because her brain must think. Some things might come in marriage and overwhelm her regardless of how much she knows. She might not have the tenacity and grace to stand and do even that which she knows to do because you pushed her into this alley. Jesus was 100% God. He could have started right away to do miracles at 16. But there were things that would become for him to go through of some sort of process until the time is right. Until the time is right. Even that which is done out of time like that first miracle. Yes, the provision was of the faith of a certain woman, but heaven still recognized there was a time for him to start. There was a perfect time for him to start. So it doesn't mean that sometimes we cannot push ourselves outside the timings and purposes of heaven and still deliver something divine. We can, because Mary did that, the first miracle was out of God's time. But sometimes there's a necessity to reconcile the wisdom that asks that ultimate question. Is it expedient or is it lawful? And to know the difference means that you have been dealt with by God. Because I know many people who are asking for graces of whose dealings they've not gone through. Let me tell you something. Hear it from my mouth and believe me. Every elevation you have with God has a dealing from God with you. And the only issue is that in the time of seeding, we don't explain the time to men how we seed. They assume for harvests that carry no seed. That's not possible. When he said, you shall know them by their fruit, no man has some sort of fruit without a distinctive seed. Just ask him what seed it was. But there is a seed. There is a price. There is a price. Thank God that the grace of God laboring in us makes us pay that price, you know, by that experience. When Paul says, I labored more than all my brethren, yet not I, but the grace of God which labored through me. Did I mean, though some people assume that it's an effortless passive abandonment that makes you sit back because you know you can believe God and forget that every ounce of faith comes with its action. That action too comes by His grace. And to teach grace right is to help a man appreciate both the grace that opened the door 
or made the door available and enabled him to knock it. Because people say, they end on, if you knock, it shall be open. But appreciate the grace that put that door there. Because you could have knocked on a wall. Are you following what I'm saying? So it's all grace through. But there is a requirement of action that should be applied to that faith. To agree and yield and say, I am agreeable with you. Are you following me, child of God? He has promised us that if you obey my commandments, I shall set you above nations. There's a point of obedience, and I could teach about it, God help me one day. There's a point of obedience. But grace is available. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. So you find people who just vent their spirits. Some of you, you don't tell secrets, but you just, you speak anything. I've been around people who don't see. They don't see. Everything goes through. You say something, you're like, why would he say this in front of the children? Why would he say this in front of the adults? Why would she say this when she knows that this person is going through this? There are people who don't see. They just vent. Everything that comes to their eye, they speak. Matthew 12, 35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, it says, Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. Even that which was idle, you have accountability for. Put your hand on your chest and say, God help me. You haven't done it, eh? Are you following what I'm saying? He says, I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. No prayer can go beyond your words. No plea can go beyond the words you speak every day. That's why you must learn to tame your tongue. Oh, I, I'm, I'm poor. Oh, sorry, I was joking. I, I was just, I changed it. I am rich. Unstable. That's double-minded. You have two minds. It's the fallen realm. It's the wisdom of a fallen realm. It's black, it's white, it's yin-yang. It's, it's either this way or that way. It's, you know, positive, negative. It's reaction, reaction. That's the world. That's a fallen world. In this consecration of truth, our eye is single, our word is one. It's yeah. That's why it tells you, let your yeah be yeah and your nay be nay. Are you following what I'm saying? As you understand the difference between fallen wisdom and godly wisdom, you will see that the wisdom of God is singular. What he says is what it is. If he says you're healed, you are. There is no other version. 
Are you following what I'm saying? To hear twice is only because you heard twice, but he spoke once. Bible says God has spoken once, twice have I heard. Yeah, you could hear twice. That's the double-edgedness of it. But the word was single. It was one. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Now imagine it says, every idle word you shall answer. Tranquilize your spirit and refuse to confess certain things. But you cannot tame this thing if you have not tamed this. That is why you have to be deliberate what and how you hear. Again, this is the wisdom to strengthen your inner man. Because somebody cannot see the correlation between what they were hearing and what they're speaking and the consequence of their marital destiny, their job, their ministry, their life, their body. And I want to show you, you're not going to skip the cue of principle because there's a prophet going to speak over your life. Because the New Testament prophet is a confirmer. The core affirmation must come from the conviction of the sure word of God. What it says. Nobody's going to prophesy you out of a principle you're breaking. No. The word and the spirit agree. Unless you're dealing by some other spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Number three, he said, anger. How your spirit answers to offense. This is deep. Because in this world, you're going to be angered by people, circumstances, situations, scenarios. There are things that are going to come and take you off. If you're around somebody and they're a good person, and one day somebody does something to them and they say something in anger or under the pressure of offense and you are amazed, wow, this person never understood. Ecclesiastes 7 verses 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry. So the Bible says, be angry and sing not. It means, well, God knows you'll get angry sometimes. We're talking about the anger that pushes you to offense, to sin. So he tells you in Ecclesiastes 7 verses 9, be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. You know what that means? Anybody who can keep anger has a foolish spirit. They'll always do or say something foolish. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Anger resteth. It sleeps. It lives. It has built its abode in the bosom of fools. I know people whose marriages are not working right now because they had anger issues. They answered to offense in a way they shouldn't. A man looked at her once and said, this is the woman I should marry. And then he took her for a date and she made a statement. In a South African accent, he washed his hands. <laughs> of her. Then she went on a prayer mountain. 
by fire by force james must come by fire by force james must come by by fire by force james must come whoa pray until the cows come back home fast until you lose your teeth you know gentle spirit peter has said gentle and meek spirit gentle and meek humble spirit which in the sight of god is of great price and the next line says for the women of old endowed themselves this way even as sarah addressed obeyed abraham calling him my lord and your daughters of sarah and he says of whom you do well and are not afraid with any amazement are you learning something that's why i tell our young men you know some of you say i want somebody from western uganda uh, i want somebody who is brown i want somebody who has a and yeah If a woman can't quiet her spirit, she can't hear you. Ask any man, ask any man, ask any man. This might sound so masculine, but I don't care, it's the truth. Ask any man. No man with authority in his house wants to repeat himself. If a man repeats himself, it means her spirit is loud. It has many noises. It hears many voices. It doesn't understand the first time. It needs to be repeated over and over until it understands it because when it receives the instruction there are many ways that instruction comes. Quiet spirit. Not necessarily like I said there are people who are quiet. Think I hear they are loud. The spirits are so loud. I'm not talking about that kind. I'm talking about quiet in the spirit. Quiet means that when a man says I want that cup, it's the voice she hears. Oh no. Okay. Let's take it up a notch higher. Christ and the church. Jesus should not repeat himself with us unless we are conflicted in our spirits. But if he says go, we should hear him once. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? And we're back to what I said. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Man or woman if you keep an angry spirit, do you know the Bible says do not make friends with angry men? That's why I told you some of you the reason why you were not hired you responded a certain one somebody said i can't work with you you have killed 20 years of your life because of anger there are people in my head i can look at and start counting whom i know should be far but they answered offense as though to say they were not ready for the dog god was opening for them i know many people who should be far There's a man who is supposed to be a millionaire in dollars right now but they're looking for rent because in 15 minutes they displayed an animal that the gate of opportunity could not work with 
And that kind of Christian thinks they are going to just pray and get that multi-million dollar deal. No. In these kinds of meetings, this is where the wisdom comes. This is where you know how to pray right. Because the Bible says, make no friends with an angry man. Do you know what it means? Do you know what it means? Do you know why people cannot connect with men who are angry? Because the Bible says, a man's anger can consume you. It can awaken something you never had. I cancel people all the time and I hear things. A man tells you, I never thought I had an anger. Or a woman comes and tells you, of course I was humble. But this tea man, remove tea, man. No, the guy can annoy. So they were okay until they met an animal. And then ninja started disconnecting her wires one by one. This girl who came humble, twat, 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 twat. Next thing, you know, even in church, she walks like she wants to beat somebody. She came humble. But the ninja disorganized her. And the reverse also. Hallelujah. You learn to quiet your spirit. And those are the three things. Take heed how you hear, what you hear. Be careful the things you speak. Tame yourself when you're provoked by offense. That is the beginning of stillness, by the way. That is the beginning of stillness. That's the beginning of quieting your spirit. When a man does those three things, one, you will start craving for solitude. Because it's the only way you will fine tune what you should hear. Nobody will call you to solitude. You will start craving for solitude. You'll just find yourself you know, back in the day before my consecration, I would hear people talking outside at home and I want to join the conversation. You're in the bedroom and you hear people talking. And then you say, ah, let me go and join this conversation. Even if I have nothing to contribute, I just want to sit down here. When God started dealing with me, ask my mother. She would call me from 10, 11, midnight, 1, 3. Grace, your food has gone cold. Not because I don't want to eat, but I'd found another place where I could hear. Are you following what I'm saying? If you have a loud spirit, you cannot live alone. At least if you check the house and there's nobody, you bring a card. Not because you love cats, but because you're lonely. There's a difference. There are people who love dogs, who cannot live without dogs, but there are people also who bring dogs because they cannot deal with people. And he says, let me just get this thing that just hears me. Am I communicating? No person who has been filled with the Holy Spirit should feel lonely. You can be alone, but you cannot be lonely. No. The moment you're in your house and you feel like you're lonely, you just switch on brand or crash or pally. Put on worship and you're with your, the lover of your soul. Praise the Lord. Single mothers, it's okay to be single. You have Jesus, he's with you. You're not alone. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. 
you study the life of Jesus in Luke 5, 16. The Bible says he withdrew himself into the wilderness. Why was he always withdrawing himself? Because once you quiet your spirit, you start hearing the voice. And when you hear the voice, you stop craving for the attention of the world without. Those of you who have been there understand what I'm saying. That's why some of you just, there are times you just want to be alone. Not because somebody has, you just want to be alone. Because the voice of truth is calling. Remember before you were born again? Ay, 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 ay. Friday night. Saturday night. Sunday. Progip begins from 8 a.m. I know people in this church who used to start drinking at 10 a.m. Up to 7, 8, 10 midnight. Then they sleep. Next morning, bathe, brush teeth, continue. And you see the same person saying, Apostle, I was on the mountain last week. <laughs> and I'm like, hallelujah, glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. There are things you will never know until you learn to be still. There are things God can never show you until you learn to steal your spirit, to tranquilize it, to repose it. It's a portion of scripture. It says, be still and know. You see, this is where people miss it. Be still and know. What's God in it? Did you get it? Be still, come and know. Without that stillness, you will not know. There are things you're seeking answers for, but I, as God, cannot talk to you because you're not still. Be still. Oh, this marriage, I'm going out. I must leave this man. Who go crook? I will. I'd rather die. I'm telling her, darling. Have you really taken time to be alone with God for a few weeks, a few? days just to ask God what are you telling me you will know what to do be still and know that I'm good he says I will be exalted among the heathen and I will be exalted in the earth through you because you know you've learned to hear the still small voice because it's still it's in quietness that it speaks. It's in the stillness that that voice speaks. And then you learn the mystery of enjoying prayer. You stop, let me pray for 20. No, you learn to just enjoy and bask in the presence of God. Isaiah 40 verses 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And how do they learn to wait? Because that stillness, that quietness brings divine patience. You learn to be patient with God. Do you know how many people rush into prayer and rush out of prayer to patiently finish their movement? 
rush into prayer. Right? Rush out of prayer to go and enjoy their luxuries. Quiet your spirit. Quiet your spirit. Certain things will start coming on your life that are going to mark you distinctive. Now I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk to God. Talk to God. In the stillness In the stillness you are In the secret, the quiet hour I wait only for you. Cause I wanna know you more. I want to know you. Wanna hear your voice. Wanna know you. More. I want to touch you, yeah. Wanna see your face. I wanna know you. Oh, in the secret, in the secret, the Stillness, you are there. Stillness, you are there.
I feel a sweet presence on this ground this evening. And I feel that God is calibrating somebody's to hear him more than you have ever heard him before. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, minister to your people. Every man whose hand is up, I pray for you. From today, there's a clarity that's going to come in the voice of God. God is quieting your spirit more than ever before. He's coming the storms of confusion, the frequencies and vibrations that hell had opened from all the channels that you are exposed to over the years. Those things that have confused your spirit from the faith that you require to live God's best and the strength that you need of your inner man to function to God's great plan. I have prayed for you this evening. Your ears open, your eyes see, your heart understands. There's somebody on this ground. This is the evening you're going to hear the voice of your assignment. Power of the Holy Ghost. There's somebody on this ground you've been looking for answers. You're going to receive your answers concerning your family, concerning your body, concerning your job, concerning your progress. You've been asking God, why aren't I going far? Why aren't I excelling? Why am I disadvantaged? Why am I moving around this mountain, say, uh, for years? Why am I going around the same cycle? A circle. God is giving you answers today. And I believe that in a few days, a few weeks, there is going to be evidence that you had God on that thing you've been pursuing God for. I'm praying for some of you to enter a deeper life of prayer. There are people here who have been saying, I, Lord, I need to go deep in how I've been fellowshipping with you, in how I've been relating with you. I want to go to the next level of hearing and serving and communion. Receive that anointing today in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree and I declare that all the questions of your heart are being answered this evening, this week, this month, this year. The questions that touch your family, the questions that touch your ministry, the questions that touch your dreams, your aspirations, your visions, your career. God is answering this week, this month, this year. Somebody shout, I receive it. Give him a mighty hand of praise. Clap for Jesus. The Spirit tells me things are going to become easy. 
for you. God rids you of struggle and strife. Hallelujah. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. We receive it. Healing is yours. Deliverance is yours. Progress is yours. Promotion is yours. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're there and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Repeat that after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. I've heard your message. I've chosen to give you my life. I don't know how to do it, but I've surrendered to you to lead me. I receive you today as Lord and Savior of my life. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowship at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.